to close. And you're just like, this is about free throw percentage. Or yeah, I really worked on it in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're live. Oh, my God. I got Talking shit before, before the myself show. Away. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DVR Notes Podcast. Let's go. Hump day edition. Hump day edition. Guess what it is. Never forget. Never forget. Uh, I got the fellas with me. We had a little practice today. We got some. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Since Monday, since that thing happened where that one guy didn't show up, I just mm. became spicy. Yeah. I have just become a little edgier. Nice. Little edgier. I love that for you. Yeah, dude. We're at, we're in uh, spice mode. <laughs> I'm, yeah. in, I'm in full. <laughs> we can call us the Spice Boys. Let's not, though. Let's not do yeah, that we one. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff, though, guys. The topics are going to be a little spicy, a little interesting. And then there was some good fire from Malone, man. You want to talk about pissed off and Woo! riled up. Michael Malone in a good mood, but you could tell he's irked. By some of the things that have been said <laughs> this week. We'll get into all that. I got the fellas with me over here. No Subus for you. Brennan Vogt. Very, very close to wearing the Subus today. Where are they? <laughs> very close. Did you find them? I did find them. Where were they? Yeah. Uh, they we hit them in there. Yeah, oh, fine. they we hit did. us. We hit yeah, them. And then they we forgot, did. So I couldn't. I just didn't have my Subus. Did you ever consider giving those to someone who's experiencing homelessness? <laughs> <laughs> You okay. don't want to go no, with that one? Right. <laughs> I'm not touching, not touching that one? All right. uh, over here, guess who's back, everybody? He's back! Yeah! Harrison Wynn. I am back. I missed you guys. Good to be back in uh, on this couch. Arguably, the two biggest wins of the year came in your absence. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> Is that uncomfortable? Um, No. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, man, a few words today. And then over there, we got D-Line Co., Guys, I am quite spicy. I've been. Are you? I'm like you, man. I, as I mentioned, fully resigned myself from even considering or thinking about the MVP race. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm in. They... so glad you guys are back. <laughs> well, we have to be back. Listen, welcome back. Listen, I was like, this is so beneath yeah, Nikola Jokic. It is, it is below. Jokic. Who he is as a man, 100%. the way that people talk about this is so unbecoming of the NBA, and it is not a conversation befitting the top human. But now we're in the goddamn mud, and he doesn't have to worry about it. This is where I live. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your turf yeah. now, baby, yeah. right firmly in the mud. Yes. Uh, before we get to all that, I do want to get Wynn's perspective. I, you watched the games. I saw you tweeting along. What do you, yeah. what are your kind of your we didn't get to hear your perspective on the last two games. Do you have any big picture thoughts? Well, I just need to see the Bucks game because I 100% confident about the Nuggets heading into the playoffs after that game. Yeah. You know, that was what we needed to see, I thought. So, that game was awesome. How Jokic dominated defensive player of the year candidate, Brooke Lopez, right. was notable, I thought. <laughs> they had three defensive player of the year candidates on that team. <laughs> yeah. Nuggets still scored. Funny how that works. But that's just a game I feel like you needed to see to restore whatever confidence that you might have had before the Nuggets lost four or five ahead of the playoffs. So I feel like you should feel great about the playoffs. And then, yeah, I mean, the Philly win, a, a win is a win. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that game. But the Philly win to me was like a, uh, I don't want to call it a great win because nobody played for Philly, but they dominated that game. And yeah. then 
I'm telling you, in our minds, they blew it in the fourth quarter. They didn't. They blew it in the last three minutes. Yeah, they didn't. I rewatched that game. It wasn't a, like in your mind. You're like, man. In and my, then Philly climbed back into it. Oh, to, only I, at the I, very last thirty seconds. I didn't even go that far. I mean, I knew that's what it was. Like, yeah. and that yeah, it was not. I wasn't like, even when it was happening, I'm like, can we just get past? The, you're not coming back. Like, let's. Can we just move on? Like, I'm right. want to go get some more candy in the in the Lexus lounge. I mean, come on, yes. <laughs> stop. <laughs> He is the worst. I actually hate him. Three times. Yeah, so many times. I can't what, believe it. What candy from the Lexus Lounge? I wouldn't yeah. drop any of that. It's too precious. <laughs> it's like alcohol, like fine dining, but yeah. you focused on the candy. No, did you hear he ate a hot dog somehow? Like out of all of that, he got a hot <laughs> dog. Gross. I forgot to mention I also had a slice of pork tenderloin. Uh, in see, that's what I thought you would have led with. Yeah. Well, that's not how I led. I it I. You didn't watch the show. Don't no, worry. About I, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, we're all feeling somewhat confident about the teams. You know, one question that wasn't asked today, but I, I do think as you go through the schedule, I'm telling the more I've covered the NBA, the more I really do think that the schedule dictates most stories and storylines. The Nuggets have played three games in what, 10 days? What did we determine it had been? It had been a lot. Yeah. And I honestly just think it's so under prepping. We appreciate it because it means we have more off day shows we have to like plan and prepare for. But it's. It really is underrated how much it's like, yeah, the team's rested, man. I expect them to play well even tomorrow night because they're rested, and rest at this point of the season is so supreme, so important. Mm -hmm. um, but let's get to practice because we did speak to – how many people do we speak to today? Just two? Just two, Just yeah. Two, yeah. Just two guys. We got AG and we got Michael Malone. Wynn, yeah. Why don't you walk us through this? Well, Aaron Gordon thought he had a lot of interesting stuff to say. Um, he was just asked about you know where the team's focus is at this point in the season. How many games do they have? Seven? Seven games left in, in the season. Uh, he settled on a couple different things. Um, it's about developing momentum heading into the playoffs, communication, making sure that's there, less lapses on defense. And the last one I thought was interesting, showing more variety on offense down the stretch. Uh, he, Aaron thinks it's important you know, to open up the playbook, uh, show teams a lot of different looks over these last seven games so the scouting report isn't just guard Denver on these one or two plays that they go to all the time. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was really interesting as well. And there is something to this, like a good question that I don't think you would get in a scrum. You would more get in a one-on-one -on -one with a coach, but just the different like personalities of months. Like what is November basketball? Does it have a, you know, yeah. guys aren't quite in shape and you have to be <laughs> lean into this or whatever it is. What is January basketball? What is, you know, this April basketball to me, end of March, April basketball I do wonder how much of it is teams are just preparing for the playoffs, especially a team like Denver, and they're probably not going to run all of their common sets. They're going to run some other stuff for two reasons, as he pointed out. One, you want to work on late-game execute. Let's try this out. Let's try this. So you have more things in your back pocket. But two, every coaching staff in the playoffs right now is scouting every team. They have their scouts out there, and they're taking notes. If you're running stuff you've never run before right now, the scout gets so big. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't know, man. they got all these different things they're running. And I think it confuses them. So twofold, and he mentioned those. Mm. Yeah. AG also talked about what happened at the end of the Philly game. If you remember, he didn't come back in when Denver put most of its starters back in. Jeff Green closed out that game. Aaron Gordon did not. And then, you know, Malone said he went right to Aaron Gordon after the game. And, you know, they settled on what the situation was. Um Aaron Gordon spoke on that today. He said, look, we're up 20. 
I had turned my motor off. I'd parked the car. <laughs> I think Malone understood what the situation was and what it called for. I think he actually made the right call, AG said. Man. would have. wonder if we would have had that tone if they would have lost. Totally. <laughs> Just FYI, my motor's off over here. <laughs> I could say. I could <laughs> don't, don't. Have you parked the car? Uh, I, 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 I just like let it go. I Park the scooter, man. Yeah, so somebody's <laughs> sleeping in it. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about just Denver's rested and we expect them to play well. AG feels rested and healthy. He was asked about just where he's at and he said, I feel like I'm healing. Um, my ribs and shoulders are healthy. I feel like I can play my game uninhibited now. Mm. I mean, look, man, this was one of my big takeaways from practice today. Aaron Gordon to me presented himself better than he has recently happier mm-hmm. more confident more positive and whether that's health whether it's something else whether it, i don't know maybe it's all of it to combine it's just all yeah all I, all of these things into one pile but today i just felt like he had a different presence about him that i was like all right it looks like ag's back yeah i thought it was a very mr nugget response I was say, it probably took a little time for the gravity of being mr nugget to wash over yeah. him. He, like, he ran away from it at first he needed some time to like uh, you know like you don't always want you want the reluctant leader. We talk about this. You want a reluctant Mr. Nugget. You yeah. know, you don't want someone that's out there campaigning, yeah. inviting this p- denizens of Denver to, to a dog park, things like that. <laughs> wow. You wow. want somebody that just shows Jeez. up. Wow. Did somebody just catch a stray. Wow. That's fired out a former Mr. Nugget nominee. Oh, unbelievable. Wow. His it's favorite one. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, uh, that's your guy. Yeah. Your nominee. I don't literally have no idea what you're talking about. All right, all right. <laughs> at first, I thought he was going to take a shot at Joel Embiid talking about campaigning nope. and this or that. Nope, it was a shot at our own. <laughs> okay, our own guy bones. <laughs> um, and then my last note on AG, he was talking about Michael Porter's game, and um, he said, "Look, Michael Porter's playing smooth. He's playing within the offense, taking shots that are presented to him. MPJ, he's just doing what he does. Um, he's not rushing. You're starting to see him get to the cup more." He started the score from all three levels. I love that note, too, by the way. It's a good basketball note because we've been talking about Michael Porter. or we I've really been hammering home that he's getting to the rim. He's finishing with dunks. He's doing this or that. But there is a third level there, that mid-range one. And, you're, and when he said that, it made me think, like, yeah, he is getting there, too. He's getting the threes yeah. that he's always gotten. Mm-hmm. He's getting the blow-by dunks now. But he's also getting the bl- shot fake, go one dribble, defense recovers to the rim, and he gets the midi. Mm-hmm. And he's hitting that, so mm-hmm. I like that note. Good job, AG. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get to Malone? Let's get to him. All right. Michael Malone, his kind of message today, I feel like, was our players are in a really good place mentally. Yes. And um, there's a good vibe at practice. There's a good energy. Denver is rested like we're talking These about. These guys were tired, man. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they were tired. They played like 17 games in 25 days, whatever the it was. road like, trip, too. Yeah, it was just like a lot of games in a row at the end of a year, and they were tired. They got all these days off, and they're back to feeling good. Yeah. Very uh, relatable. He said that um, you know, a part of being positive or a part of being in a good place mentally is staying positive, and that's what he's trying to do. Uh, Malone said, for a lot of people, you know, outside of our team, you lose four in a row, the sky is falling. But we handled adversity, we stayed positive, and now we're on the other side of it. Uh, he said practice today was short, upbeat, players were energized. Quote, you don't want energy vampires, you don't want someone sucking the life out of the room. Is he talking about Westbrook? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It sounds like no, you no, but remember, That's the quote. Yeah. Do you remember they got killed for that quote, and it's becoming pretty clear to me? This is definitely just a, a term that people use. 
in locker rooms. Just in an NBA term. Yeah. Energy vampire. Energy vampire. Like they got <laughs> Wait, killed. Did he actually use the he used He did. Energy. He said energy vampire. You're right. Verbatim. ESPN got killed for their context of that quote, but I think it might just be an actual term inside locker rooms. Right. Well, when you single out somebody and apply it to one guy. Well, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> And then you trade that guy. Is it? I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know if it's a common term or if now it is. Energy I don't know. Maybe he heard it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I use it all the time. Haven't you ever seen? <laughs> shut, shut I'm serious. Haven't you ever seen the show uh, What We Do in Shadows? Oh, yes. is there it is from a, a show? No, it's a term, but they have a character on the show <laughs> that is an energy vampire. It's so funny. Oh. Really? Yes, they have the blood drinking vampires, and then they have the energy vampire that just walks around the office. Okay, so that's clearly where it's stories from. and like sucks the life out of everyone because it, right. it's a it's a real term. Yeah, that's clearly where it's from. What what show? It's what not we it do didn't in the originate oh, in that, but it just whatever. is it hints or shows that this is a larger concept than an NBA centric idea. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Um Michael Mullen was talking about Jokic's defense. Get a little of this quote. Hatchet jobs are made about Nicola's defense. I don't know who's paying some of these people to write these articles. Woo! They're just so one sided. Hatchet job is such a good one, man. Malone cares so much more about this stuff than anyone else on the team, and I think it's so cool. Yeah. And there's only one article he could be talking about, right? Um, I mean, you could say that he's talking about the Sham Sharani of Q&A. That might be a part of the hatchet job, but I think there's one that was definitely a hatchet job. The one that used the name of Nikola Jokic and yeah. the title of it, talked about how him having problems in his game. Well, as Mike Singer pointed out to me today, that headline had a question mark at the end. Even more cowardly, I'm telling you. You get into the details of like where well, Embiid was calling out Yoke, but then you're like, but he actually never said his name. He just made yeah. it very clear that's who he's talking to, which makes it even more cowardly. It's the same with this like Jokic bad at defense question mark. It's like, well, just say it if you're yeah. gonna say it. And man. then it's like, like the first the first sentence, no. Anyway, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just and, uh, say it. Come out. No. Also just like, I was just asking the question. <laughs> the problem with Embiid's game. He skips them. He yeah. skips them. <laughs> Not present. No. Yeah. Uh, Malone said he does get sent articles from his mom and sister and coaches show him stuff, too. This was great. Um, What's the worst thing you've ever written or said that you think the family has sent? To yeah, you? yeah. Uh, Michael Malone. I mean, I'm sure they've sent him everything. Oh, my God, dude. Do you think they clipped the show on their phone? Or like, what did you see what Wynn said about you? I wonder if Michael Malone has ever received a tweet of mine through from his like sister. Can I spoil something for you? He has. I'm Damn. telling you, he has. Damn. This is the Damn, way it works, tough. man. That's People tough. in this very show might have gotten a tweet sent. Oh, boy, yeah. that oh, is That's what they're saying, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But more Malone on uh, that point. He said, quote, People are going out of their way to prove a point. What is the motivation? What are they trying to accomplish? They're killing this guy, but trying to promote someone else. Well, just do that. Promote your guy. Malone on the media, man. He's got a lot of takes on how the media should operate. Yeah. Uh, my final note from practice, Vlock goes injured again. <laughs> he walked off the floor with a limp. He landed on somebody's foot during practice today. So What was the giggle for? It's just like, uh, I, did we curse him? It's just yeah. it's a, it's a <laughs> valid question. We got to stop having rotation guys on. Hey, uh, good news, he wasn't playing anyway. Actually, not good news, bad news. But, right, I know. Uh, well, here you go. I know. What a bummer that he gets injured. Any other? What do you? What are your thoughts? You were at practice today. Yeah, I was. I thought the AG note was really good. the The presence that he had, it was there. I think it was probably about a month ago. Now he had that awesome presser where he walked us through his mental health routine and stuff, and it was kind of the same energy. I think being healthy's got to feel great. 
it was good to hear him also put his words on that. I, do you not feel healthy? No, no, no. I'm just saying. He like, said, I imagine feeling healthy. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like the the relief of like sure. his game particularly is built on physicality, and yeah. he was hurting. And I think it's probably nice to be on the other side of it. But I think for him, it started with that Milwaukee game, where it was like, hey, this is an AG night. Like we need you to go just defend Giannis and do a good job, and he did. And he got credit for it. I think maybe that kind of got him going a little bit. But I think the vibe is good right now, man. I think these. These Bucks and Philly wins had the effect we were hoping they would of like, all right, everyone kind of relax a little bit in a good way, not not chill mode. Just you don't oh, want God. you don't want to white knuckle your way that. through this port of the season either. So, all right, yeah, it's, I mean, truly, we we talked about this earlier. Like, just to bring this back up, like, did the Nuggets peak too early? Uh, they did it perfectly. Like, they, <laughs> truly, like now they're ramping up. They have enough yeah. time. Like, the vibes are right. Like. Other teams are reeling. The Nuggets are starting to surge. Like, if they are able to ride this momentum, you know, have that little dip where, you know, they needed to just be a little bit less focused and then they're able to lock back in with enough time, it's, like, perfect. Yeah, I I will say during the losing streak, it was almost frustrating talking to the team because they were so much less worried. And Malone made reference to this a little bit today. It was either Malone or AG where it was, like, yeah, like a lot of times on the outside, people will yeah, feel it was, Malone. was it Malone, but on the inside, like we knew, stay confident, we're going through it, and we'll bounce back or whatever. And they honestly, their attitudes through all of it has been that way. Like, are you worried about this? Like, oh my god, what's going on? They're like, guys, we're fine. I asked Murray, they had won like one game, they beat Brooklyn, and then they came back to Denver. I asked him, like, is there anything you personally won't need to accomplish the rest of the year? He said, no, like, quick. I was like, no. I'm ready. Yeah. You're just kind of like, all right, well, you guys are on a losing streak. And he was right. They ended up winning a couple more, and they're on a win streak now. So <laughs> here yeah. we go. Hey, you dumbass. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you. Um, all right, let's take a break. On the other side, very cool article from one Harrison Wynn today. What? Uh, this is the first survey. time I've ever heard that sentence uttered. <laughs> first time for everything. <laughs> survey <laughs> results <laughs> from around the association. Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR, makes you to pick up some Mile High City Golden Ale today. Check out the Breck Brew beer locator, breckbrew.com. That'll tell you where to get Breck Brew closest to you. Nothing's better than taking in a Nuggets game with a Mile High City Golden Ale in hand. So pick some up today. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, Also, shout out to our friends over at Ivy Nutrition. Hell yeah. Ivy Nutrition, stop by their Wash Park location. It's at the corner of Alameda and Downing. Anybody by the way, only that location yes. has to be that one. We had somebody reach out and went to the wrong location. Mm. It's the Wash Park location, Alameda and Downing. Specifically that one. I we always say right behind the Starbucks. Right, right behind, behind the Starbucks. The Starbucks. You're, already, you're already, already gonna uh, go get a Starbucks. We know you. Just get some IV treatment while you're at it. <laughs> it's at get the so corner you, you of <laughs> Alameda and Downing. Mention DNVR when you come in, get 50% off your first IV nutritional drip. That's a huge discount. Massive, massive discount. Call them 720-259-4404 for more info. IV Nutrition Corner, Alameda and Downing. Mention DNVR, get 50% also, off your tip, first IV drip. Do not go to the bathroom before <laughs> you show up because then you'll be like D-line where you're like, oh no, I need to produce this is so a lot of detail here yeah what is that i had to yeah it's like i, I just don't don't do it 
<laughs> Save it. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Advice of the day. Advice from of the D-line. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that are we done? Yeah. Oh, we're done with that breaks. All right, Harrison. You had a great, you had a banger today. Banger. Oh, a lot banger. Of times, he always gets the G. Banger. Banger. Walking. <laughs> Me? Yeah. When you say, I'm let's walking here. Guys, yeah, let's, I dropped it. I dropped it. Guys, let's talk nuggets. I'm walking. I'm walking here. Hey, we're yeah. walking in. I speak normal English. Don't you know those people from Colorado, they say, have the, the best no accent. It's That's just right. We're also the most beautiful, the smartest. Oh, man. A lot of good qualities <laughs> best that I fall. possess. I love the fall. <laughs> Whenever they open their mouth. Banger. Uh, banger. banger. Great enunciation. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he interviewed. It's always interesting to see because we have the national media. Yeah. We have the local Denver media. But the local other place media, it's always interesting to kind of get their sense. So this story, you interviewed a bunch of people. How'd it go down? I reached out to 15 media members. One person who covers each team so in the Western Denver Conference. Too? Somebody from Denver. Yeah. So you didn't ask me. I didn't ask any of you guys. <laughs> wow. He's sick of us, too. I bet he asked Singer. I did not ask Mike Singer. No. All right. No. Well, we'll have to keep I, guessing. You can keep going down the line if you All want. All right. Blackbird. I'm not going to tell you. Now right. your it, was, it was completely anonymous. I'm not going to tell you. Don't reveal your sources. Yeah. So I reached out to 15 people. Each one of them covers the team. Um, in the Western Conference, and I asked them a series of 10 questions, and I just wanted like one or two words from them or a sentence on each one, compiled them, and and these are the results. Awesome. All yeah. right, well, let's go through some of these here. The thing that stood out to me, so you asked, these are people that have no allegiance to Denver, have no, just, they've just seen the West. You asked them who the best team in the West was. And almost unanimously, people said Denver. Yeah. 12 out of 15 votes. Yeah. I'm very surprised by that. Are you guys? And keep in mind, this was done over the last week. Right. So this is kind of coming off the stretch where they lost four or five. I'm telling you guys, Bon Temps' straw poll comes out either today or tomorrow or Friday, sometime at the end of this week. And it coming on the heels of that Embiid ducking, I'm telling yeah. you, this is why when you ask, like, how much does it actually affect the MVP, him missing? If the straw poll was next week, I feel like it would have been less. But the fact that the straw poll is coming out at the exact time when he is at Embiid's stock is at an all-time low. Yeah. He might actually hurt his Joel results. Embiid could not have played this word. He could not have possibly <laughs> played this word. You know what's funny, man? Nobody, People don't give Drew Hanlon enough shit. I've actually heard from MVP voters that say they are turned off by Drew Hanlon's yes. constant bullshit on Twitter. Mm. And that day... He was going off. I'm telling you, he might have been the one to tell him, don't play tonight. That guy's he a actually legendary poster. Have, That's a good point. <laughs> Such a good poster. He, but he posts the worst stuff. Like, like, just, right, right. He's so like toxic and stuff. And it's like, bro, I'm telling you, Drew Hanlon like, lowers Embiid's MVP odds by like 5% just by his behavior. <laughs> I could, People I, are actually turned off by him. I couldn't <sighs> possibly agree more. And I couldn't. I can't possibly believe that I don't have the same adverse effect on Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's so funny is people try to be like the Jokic posters, man, yeah, they're yeah. all they're all they're too insufferable or whatever, but it's yeah. different what you dream. You know what Jokic's trainers at is? <laughs> I, I don't want to know. No, you don't. That's don't. the point. You don't know what it is. Yeah, There's no way he's on Twitter. That's a good At point. Tim Tetrick. <laughs> Tim Tetrick. He's just posting bullshit. Dude. <laughs> it beats... 
know, <laughs> blocks plus minus is nothing. Like just... Do blocks don't even turn change possession half the time. A we steal should, is a we guaranteed. Should send Tim Tetrick some stats and see if he wants to get it. <laughs> oh this. man, that would be incredible. Yeah. Um, so I mean, D line. What do you make of this? That almost everybody. I mean, the only other team that got votes were the Suns. They got three. I mean, my t- two thoughts on this. Number one, uh, it's right, and that the people have seen that Denver has performed well all year, and you know they've they Jokic is likely rolled into their city, or they have come to Denver and seen Jokic decimate their squad. Um, second thought. They don't pay that close attention because they <laughs> they have like you have a locked in idea of what a team is early on, and then you know coming off of the heels of them playing badly, like they're either unaffected because they know they're good, or they just weren't paying attention. Are you talking about the Nuggets? Yes. Are the Nuggets coming off a bad stretch? Uh, well, we were talking about how the poll came out yeah. just off the this off of the, well that, that's when i sent it out some people gave me their vote like immediately i got some people's vote yesterday though. Got, oh gotcha, gotcha. so the blending I, yeah. I but i think i mean i think largely um you know people this is the third year in a row of Nikola Jokic dominance like if you haven't bought in now it's it's honestly like you're kind of uh not about look, the mvp though i'm talking about the, no i know but, being the best team but i'm but i'm saying like okay. with that comes focus on his team and mm-hmm. how the nuggets are doing and you know you actually start to pay closer attention when you consider a team an actual uh contender um so i i think that you know to me it's it's you know i it's I'm surprised, but not surprised. You know, like yeah. I, it, it, it's correct. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, though, you also asked the Nuggets are the blank most likely team in the West to make the finals. Yeah, fewer nine first place votes, five second place votes, no third, but one fourth place. So um, it's interesting that people think Denver's the best in overwhelming numbers, but slightly fewer think they're actually going to make the final i mean i think that's probably the common sentiment like yeah the nuggets have been a great team all season but there is still a portion of people who have this doubt about how will they perform in the playoffs there is i mean you know this there's a historical concept of certain teams like the nuggets are not a team that makes it to the finals so ergo they this is the Nuggets. The Nuggets to go to the conference finals is, you know, that's amazing. Like you, there's just, you just have baked in ideas of what teams are capable of based on how they've performed in the history of their franchise. And matchups matter, right? There's just a difference between picking out the best team in a league and the team that's going to win. You know, there's you don't the the best overall seed in every. But we don't league know is, the matchups though. It's the thing. Well, that that right. That is a good point. That, that would be awesome. Point. They're like, oh, I refuse to answer until I know the matchups. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I don't know the that's, matchups. That's we, a really good counterpoint. It is we one don't thing that's so crazy about the about the NBA this season, and especially in the West, is that nobody is going to know. I don't. When do you think Denver? Well, they won't know because of the play in, so right. they'll know even later than everyone. But yeah. even knowing who will be in the play in might not happen till the literal last day. It's becoming more and more likely mm. that the last day will carry enormous. This is every year. Every year, it's like this. It, it's, there's some bunch up where I mean, it's not in the East. Yeah, but it is at some in one way, one somewhere in the NBA. That's like it. It actually becomes interesting, like Game eighty two, for example. Yeah, but this is the most. Usually, you're right. There's one battle, maybe two battles. So right now, the idea that you can go from fourth to eleventh between <laughs> oh, now and crazy. the end of the season it's is wild. like is very yeah, very unique. I've never seen anything like it. I like this question. Will be the Nuggets' biggest weakness in the playoffs? Yeah, a lot of bench- votes on the bench, which is kind of interesting. I yeah. Feel- 
I don't know that I but but then six votes on the defense. So you get equal numbers bench and defense. One vote for coaching, which mm-hmm. I found very interesting. One for top end talent. That yeah, just this was a weird. Off. Yeah, this I hated that too. I, yeah. I we're gonna have to discuss that. And I the, almost made that vote. Not anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and then one was past playoff success, which I'm guessing is what D-Line is saying. Yeah, Just like that, you that, have to the explanation there. there was like they haven't done it before. So the teams that have are Golden State, Phoenix, nobody else. Who else has yeah, done that's it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That that's you it. Can say of the, I mean, LeBron. You could say Lakers because LeBron yeah, has done course. it. Yeah. And more with the defense, a bunch of people wrote, Jokic's pick and roll defense specifically. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. One person mentioned Jamal Murray's defense. Interesting. Um, but yeah, a lot of worry about the bench and just how Denver hangs with team with teams when Jokic is off the floor. Are you more worried about the bench or the defense vote in the, the de- playoffs? The defense because the rotation shrinks and the starters yeah. just play more minutes. Remember when Malone just played them the whole third and they won? Yeah, you I know. Do. I like that, 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 obviously not to that degree, but. You're kind of talking about that dynamic a little bit. So it's it's the defense. Not that I think the defense can't do it. I just, you know, the top five players just are good enough if they defend at a high enough level. Yeah. Coaching popping up here. Uh, I thought that was interesting there, D-Line. Only one vote, but I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of been – I mean, Michael Malone is, like, the best coach that gets – doesn't get credit uh, for being a great coach. And a lot of that comes from the things that we complain about. His like in-game rotations I don't think are widely respected throughout the league necessarily. And th- that, that was not from the Denver person either. I'll say that. Right. Um, so I don't I mean, I don't, I don't generally hear a lot of people around the league praising Michael Malone or like talking about the coaching job or the cultural uh, dynamic that he's helped to foster. So I'm not that surprised. I mean... You know, it's like uh, another thing of just you don't quite have like a true appreciation because it's an outside point of view. You don't pay that close attention. Sometimes like me, I'd be like, eh, Mike uh, Budenholder, like he sucks. He's not good, whatever. <laughs> but he actually is good, I think. Or maybe he sucks. I don't know. He's Bud- actually very similar to Malone. Yeah, yeah I was going to say this. The thing about Budenholzer is he never changes. He's very principled. He never goes yeah, away from his. That's, yeah, that's Malone, right? Yeah. That's they they won a championship comp. out yeah. of it. And they won a championship out of it. And the it, pressure on Bud before Giannis, like that was Giannis's Jokic <laughs> year. Here's, mm-hmm. here's the thing that I think is most pertinent to this conversation we're having, though. There's Bucks fans that still want him fired. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is that Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr say, well, I don't think anybody wants Spolstra. No, people don't want Spolstra fired or Steve Kerr fired. But it doesn't stop people from from criticizing them. I think both of them, like the fan bases, don't want them fired. But they do hate hate (laughs) them. Whereas opposed to like a Budenholzer, I think there's actually a lot of people that want Budenholzer fired, which is just an interesting one. And it just shows you that if Denver won the title, we have this picture in our heads of what it's like in the promised land. Nuggets win a title this year. Nobody ever criticizes Jokic again. Oh god! And everything. It's like next year Nuggets win the title, going sixteen and three. It's worse. And the, then next year they're like, yeah, somehow it's just like all the same storylines, and it's like, wait, I what? promise, I refuse, I will not be that guy if they win the championship. To what? To be complaining about everything. Oh, I'm you not say even that saying internally. Pre- I'm saying external. A lot of this comes from the external narrative mm-hmm. of like. Well, what has Denver ever done? They had that one title and that one year, hang on, and hang you're on. like, you're like, hold on, what? Harrison. They win. Christian Brown looks amazing. He's not in the rotation next year. 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's just not going to happen. Well, <laughs> you're, you're giving me well, scenarios that aren't going to happen. I know. That's so true. I'm, just, I'm just testing you. It's so true. I'm just testing you. Oh, my. The bench is terrible. Every non-Jokic man is horrible. It's like, is this guy? I said really? I'd never complain about Jamal's shot selection again after he was hurt. Well, he, he should have made that promise. <laughs> I want to go to this next one, and I'm not going to spoil all the questions. I mean, it's a great article. There's, I think, 10 of them. Is it 10 questions? 10 questions. 10 questions, but one more I do want to go to. If the Duggets don't reach their playoff expectations, what should happen next? And by the way, people also answered what they felt was the right expectation for the Nuggets. But I like this one. Nine votes for run it back slash retool. Run it yeah. back and retool. Uh, two, uh, Four votes for making a coaching change. Yeah. And then two for consider trading Murray and Porter. Now, you could say these are an escalating order. Right, run it back and retool is like that's what every team does. Just yep. stick together. Making a coaching change is the first move you make usually when you're trying to do something. But the big one is: does the Denver get to the point where it's like, hey, this ain't it? This combo of players. Um, what I like about this question is: if I were to ask you, D line, if the Grizzlies don't win it this year, if they don't make the finals, mm -hmm. what should they do? What would your answer be? Run it back and retool? I think that would like amend their little dance. <laughs> like I get like a more powerful dude. Dance I saw to, somebody. Kale will appreciate this. You asked the wrong guy. I saw. I saw somebody today that said, <laughs> no, "What this. if the what if the bad boys Pistons, but they all were drama kids, <laughs> theater kids. <laughs> They're all theater kids. In we, high we, should call, we should call them the the naughty boys, dude. It's so true. Like doing this like, and like looking at the camera and like really getting into it is like <laughs> the least intimidating thing you can do. Can you I'm imagine you? How they come up with that? This specific move is the worst. Yeah, the fingers. <laughs> They're like, oh, watch out, guys. Here comes the Grizzlies. When you're a jet, you're a jet. <laughs> we're about to we're about to slam that basketball so hard on you. Yeah. Gotta get you, get you, get you, get your head in the game. <laughs> but like, what would they do? I mean, for, truthfully, for the Grizzlies, they are such a young team right. that they're you know they can sort of work around the margins. You know, they probably would look to. Uh, I don't even know. Like maybe. Well, they lost. Man, their, their thing is they lost a player that might miss next year. They're in a nugget situation. Mm -hmm. Totally, but they too. they at least like it. He's they would not be, as big he's not as big a, as Murray, yeah. but but yeah. still, it's a big enough piece that you're like, damn, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean. it's also you know that they are clearly in a place where they have the concept of their core and the concept yeah. of their team that now they would just try to. You know, slow like run it back, retool. Run it back, retool. I mean, there's teams like I want to run the through Hawks this though. Hold on, that's okay, why I want to do this. Gotcha, so if it was Sacramento Kings, retool. Run it back and retool. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it was the Phoenix Suns, run it back, retool. Mm -hmm. If it was the Golden State Warriors, I mean, eh. they're they're kind of at the end of something. But, but yeah. probably they might be at the, the. If they would actually, if they if they falter like hard, it would actually be very wise for them to blow up and like really start new while they're but you have stuff. stuff. I know, but I'm financially saying, like, speaking, you're not trading stuff. Even if it was the right basketball so. one, it's like, man, we make. But I mean, like, if you're talking about like what was actually in the best interest of, for the long term outlook for the team, if they have already, if they've shown you that they are just full diminishing returns and they the high is not high enough anymore, yeah, yeah. they're not chasing mm -hmm. that. Then then it's like, okay, you would be smart to trade Steph to then a contender, get like really really premium assets back, uh, and try to rebuild that way. Um, I want to keep going through here because I'm I'm just trying to make a point here. Timberwolves, retool run back. Probably, I mean, what other the, choice do they have? Run it back and retool is yeah. always like the safest option that keeps your, you know, right ceiling and floor at 
It just it, it comes down to An like okay place. What which direction are you trending? They're and, a unique one though because yeah. the, the retool might like towns is a star that also might be part of the retool. It, that might be a tool you don't right. Need yeah, that might be the, the next. Well, move. I mean, they can focus on you know drafting in the first round in five years. <laughs> Jesus. <Christ. laughs> All right, last one for you: the Clippers. <laughs> the Clippers. Blow oh, it blow up. Blow it up. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Blow it up now. Blow it up. My point is, I was at first shocked that so many people said if Denver lost this year, came up short of their even just making the Western Conference Finals, that they should just run it back. And but when we just did this, all but two teams were run it back for us too. Like. Right. I do think that when it's not your team, when you're just trying to speak more from a 10,000 foot view, it's like, hey, man, it's hard to win in the NBA. And just like you got a good thing. Just keep trying with minor tweaks. And that's how people view Denver, even though when you're in the weeds, you might view it a little bit more of a like, this might answer the question of whether or not this is it. Denver's, Mm -hmm. I think, also in a position where just naturally with where they're at almost has nothing to do with the job he's doing. I think you would look at a coaching change before you would look at switching out the core. Because right now, they have one of the longest tenured coaches in the league. And everything they need, they believe on paper to go do it. If you fall short, I think that's probably the first place you look before you look at a a major, major shakeup. Jokic as the blank best player in the West. Toughest matchup. Biggest X factor for the Nuggets. All of that and more in the article. Also, which rotation player do you trust the least? Which was a good question. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Answers in there. So check it out, guys, on thednvr.com. Let's take a break. On the other side, let's talk about season's almost over. Let's look back on the year and try to figure out what some of these big storylines were and if there's any that are still lingering. When you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker is here to help the Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray of the law game. Backus and Shaker, they win for Colorado families, been helping those in Colorado who are seriously injured. For more than 25 years, they've won over $1 billion for their clients. If Yoke played for the Nuggets for 25 years, he would also have won $1 billion. <laughs> Probably like way over that. Way well over $1 billion. <laughs> 25 years, man. It's a long time. Backus and Shaker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They even help you if you're injured at work. Call them. 303-222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Also, shout out to our friends at Illegal Pete's. They got a location just down the street, just down Colfax, from the DNVR bar. This episode of the D- uh, DNVR Nuggets podcast brought to you by Illegal Pete's this March. Donate by drinking. It's as easy as that. Illegal Pete's is teaming up with Tito's and Denver Youth on Record to help raise money for future musicians of Colorado. For the entire month of March, Illegal Pete's is donating $1 to Youth on Record for every vodka fresh press sold. Stop by one of their 10 Colorado locations. Order a Tito's Fresh Press. You know your money is going to a good cause. You know where me and vote today for lunch? Uh, let that? me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Ugh. Illegal Pete's. Oh, what? <laughs> it was Illegal Pete's. Mm. Yeah. God, I can't believe I couldn't come up with that. Yeah. Shocker. Um... Guys, let's talk about some of the big storylines about this year, just because I think it's kind of interesting. A season moves so slow that you're kind of almost like in it, but then you step back and think about the big picture stuff. It puts yeah. it in perspective. What do you think if you could whittle it down into one singular thing? Love that verb. What do you think it would be? Whittle? Whittle. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, that's a real country word, you know? It's top, good, good announcement. You go to the spit and whittle? For me, oh, you guys know where I'm going to go with this. Michael Bourdieu. 
Michael Circle of Trust Jr., man. It's but I, I think this is a really, really good sports story, man. I think it really is. Alongside yeah. Jokic too, and happening here in Denver. I think Porter's situation might truly be unique. Legit number one overall caliber talent falls halfway through the first round due to straight up red flags. Do not draft medical stuff. You know, hits the ground running with a team that is looking to become a contender. A team that probably can't get there through the free agency because it's Denver. Right. A team that, if they're going to keep a guy like Porter, has to give him a max long before he's earned it. And you think about the pressure, then Murray gets hurt, so they miss that year, and now Porter comes back and it's, hey, we need you to be the third best player on this team, and we need it right now, and we need it in these specific ways. And he said, word, I got you. And he's passed all of those tests in the regular season so far. If he is this guy in the playoffs... This is a tremendous sports story that I know for a fact a lot isn't going to be told on the biggest scales. And it's one that I'm grateful to have seen, you know, on, on the ground level with my own eyes, because I don't mm -hmm. think ESPN would be talking about it. But for us, we've talked about it all year as one of the best stories and with good reason, in my opinion. Yeah. What would you say, D-Line? Best story of the year. The biggest. Biggest story of the year is the biggest, it, most important story. Well, like, it's going to be Jokic. I mean, I, I was... Gonna, well, I mean, the, the, to get it MVP three times <laughs> is going to end up like that's, that's a good point. That's gonna, that's like, <laughs> like how we just sweep that it's under a the pretty rug. significant story. I it's don't know if he's gonna get story. it. Is it not the biggest story if he doesn't win it? If he doesn't win it, then it's then we go back into it is the Nuggets returning to where they should have been had they been able to keep their talent together and, uh, you know, us or just. Getting to the Nuggets where, or getting the Nuggets where they should have been this whole time will be a big mm -hmm. story. But if Nikola Jokic gets a third MVP in a row, that's going to be massive, massive, massive. Hopefully, you know that isn't the biggest story that comes out of the Nuggets by year's end. Hopefully, we're talking about the Denver's first championship. But you know, even when you look back on that year, you'd be like, oh yeah, that was Jokic's third MVP year like that was that was mm -hmm. massive you know that that has ripple effects which will be felt for years and years and years yeah <laughs> it is funny if he does go on to become the third three time in a row MVP that would clearly be the biggest one I just oh, yeah. for me I've all year long I've been like he's not winning it he's not winning I know it. And now I'm like he might actually freaking win it yeah. I can't believe it but I mean with Jokic I think the story there is just Every year he has this unbelievable season. Last two years he's won MVP. And heading into the next season, we're always like, how can this guy possibly get better? Like, how can he possibly raise his game? And he's just like so emphatically raised his game to an entirely different level this year. He's so much better than he even was last year. You think? Come on, man. He is. He's better than he was last year significantly. And um, I mean, let's just go through it. I'm just going to try to play devil's advocate okay. here because last year I felt like his he this year he's been in third gear for most of the year. Part of what's so impressive is that he's this good in third gear. I just feel like last year we saw fifth gear Jokic a lot more by necessity. I but do think like the skill set continues to improve. It, it's about one thing to me. It's about how he controls a game. Yeah, he controls a game right now at a level that he even didn't last year and the year before. And and that's saying something because last year was incredible. Um, but I think he's raised his game even more this season. He went up. It's funny. His effective field goal percentage has now gone up four straight years. It went from 56.5% to 60. That's 35 3.5% uh, increase. 
Then it goes from 60 to 62, 2% increase. And then this year, 62 to 66 and a half. Yeah. Like, he keeps getting more efficient each year. Now, I think a lot of it this year is circumstantial. You know, more spacing or this or that. But there's also something, too. He... He's always known what his shots are and what they aren't, at least relatively to most players. But this year, he's somehow like, he's 100% on knowing when to shoot and when he's not to. He's figured out the game of basketball. Yeah. He's cracked the code. He's solved NBA basketball, and that's what it looks like. I think it's that over the last two years, particularly last year, he's seen every conceivable coverage, and he's seen it without the pieces to exploit it. And so it's like taking the bat the donut off the bat in the warm-up circle. You right, know what I mean? You get yeah. your pieces back in. The bat speed is quick. Right. <laughs> and I just, he's now he's seen these coverages that he's seen before, only now he has what he needs to take care of yeah, it. Like last year he had like a, a bat with Austin Rivers wrapped around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he takes it um, off and it's Jamal Murray. Right. <laughs> might, have been, might have been funny if it was Faku, though. I was going to, but I was going to say Faku, but Faku is actually quite fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. So I think, I think that's, that's how he's better. I've, I've said this before, but I think it applies more than ever. This is just Neo seeing the ones and zeros at this point. He's, he's reading code. By the way, I always think of Tim Conley's quote about, I always ask Nicola, how long are you going to do this? How long are you going to play? And he always just says, until it's not fun anymore. The ones and zeros part, I do wonder if the game keeps getting more and more boring to him. Just because so much Absolutely. of a so much of a season is learning the game and coming together and getting quicker at your reads. But it's like he starts at that Bro, level. He, yeah. he hit a game winner and like was like everyone was jumping on him and he's like I know. <laughs> I just wonder how fun it is for him when like so much of this is school that he's like wrote dissertations on. He's like, All right, I gotta go back to the drawing board right. on this. Right. Okay. Um, those are all big storylines. Bones Highland getting traded to me is one of the big ones of this year, and it's because Why of are we way- talking about old stuff, man. Well, that's what this segment oh, is. Okay. Yeah, so it's talking about old stuff. <laughs> I think it's almost when things happen, um, you know, especially slowly or whatever. And that one wasn't even that slow. It felt like it actually happened kind of quick. But Very even quick. still, then it still felt like this thing that became smaller than what it actually is. Bones Highland came into this year as a fan favorite and a reason for extreme optimism about the Nuggets' ceiling. You had this guy who was like, hey, man, what if by the end of the year Bones is putting it together and he's like not quite a rookie anymore, he's not right. quite a second-year player. He's kind of like as close to being a third year as he is a second year. And that was the hope. And then he had all this upside. And can he be a star? Is he a guy that you know, maybe is with the team for a long time or whatever? The fact that it went from that at the beginning of the season to being traded effectively for nothing, I mean, now we could say, you know, for nothing. At the time, it was Thomas Bryant and Reggie. Even though the trade wasn't that, it was like, yeah, but you're getting two guys back that can contribute to this year. Turns out they're not going to contribute at all to this year. So you really did have a player that you were hopeful was another star in the pipeline, and you ended the year by trading him away for token pieces that are nothing. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a big storyline on the season. Yeah, and, and I think the the greater story there is the Nuggets being a team this year that's just like gotten to the level where winning a championship is the only thing that matters right. and anybody who is detracting from that anybody who is pulling in the opposite direction um there's just not time for that like in years past yeah there could have been but there it's there is no time for that anymore they've just gone to this other level where that's just stuff isn't going to fly and you think about Excuse me. After the game, uh, after the Sixers game, accountability was the theme in the post game, and Bruce even said that's something we've gotten way better at. 
because he was clipped kind of yelling at Porter in the huddle. And he he told me, he was like, I was mad at, because he didn't pass the ball when he took right. the mid-ranger. And then he said, but Mike can get on me too if he needs to. And later in the game, Yoke got mad at me. And he said, I think that's where we've gotten better as a group. Yeah, We just get on each other now. And you think back to the Bones thing, I think that's probably the heart of the matter. There was some constructive criticism to be heard, and maybe it didn't go as well. Um, I'll tell you, I tell you something on the specific one, and you were there seeing this, uh, D-Line. You saw the whole interaction with yes, Bruce Brown and, and Michael Porter. My thing is this. There are the right reads, and then there are guys that you want so locked into shooting that I don't care if they miss up a read. If Yoke misses that, I'm upset. If Murray misses that, I'm upset. If Bruce Brown misses that, I'm upset. Michael Porter I want in kill mode as a three-point shooter, especially in transition. And if he misses, if he takes a B-minus shot where he could have got an A-minus pass, I actually just, a lot of those I let go. The craziest thing is that it came after a wide-open dunk that Porter ended up getting. So he ended up getting a dunk. Yeah. And that was the play that was upset. Yes, they they scored. Porter ended up, there was a shot. I'm on uh, Team Porter on this. Porter missed it. There was a good rebound, and then <laughs> yeah, Porter was found so. under the basket where he went and then ended the, up getting a dunk, and Bruce Brown was pissed. The point being, though, right, like Malone has talked about this with this core in years past, that they don't do it enough. They're not vocal right, enough. They right. don't hold each other accountable, and it can't just be him. And I think that's true. And between what Bruce said and then the anecdote of Jamal speaking up at halftime, I think this is one area where the team has taken a step forward. And just to bring it back to the segment – I say this because of Bones, because I think that is maybe where, more than anything else, Bones' timeline was incongruent with the rest of the team. And it's, so it's just an interesting story for, for several layers of reasons. A couple other stories. KCP and Bruce fitting in. I think it's underappreciated. I mean, like, does Reggie Jackson feel like a nugget? He feels like Bryn Forbes to me. This guy that will be like, oh, yeah, he was in Denver for a little bit. Agreed. Like, even Austin Rivers was here for a year and, a, and change, but does won't, at the end of the day, feel like a nugget to me. He'll feel like a guy that came to the Nuggets. I think KCP, maybe this will change, but he just feels like a nugget. I And Bruce, to a certain extent, feels this way. We'll see how time does it. But both of those guys coming here and immediate, almost immediately yeah. being like, oh, those are our guys. I think mm-hmm. that's an underrated story. Lynn. It's yeah. not true of every player. Yeah. You going to think of Thomas Bryant as a nugget? Hell no. I barely think of him as a basketball player. (laughs) (laughs) Jokic triple-double average, I think, is like, it's funny how much this is not a story. Can you imagine if I told you, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, all right, here's the situation. Nikola is six assists below the threshold of averaging a triple-double with six games to go. How invested are you in that? You'd be like, oh, my God, how fun would that be to follow? We're not even talking about it. Yeah, I really hope he gets it, though. Why? It's just it's cool. Look, man, like part of our job is to is to tell Nikola Jokic's story and like establish what his legacy is going to be. And like averaging a triple double on this season with this efficiency and potentially winning a third MVP is something that can be front and center on his legacy. So I hope he gets it. He's a center. Like we yeah. we know that, so we take that part of it for granted. These there aren't going to be other centers that enter this conversation. I agree. Like it, it really, as Harrison says specifically for Harrison, like creating the narrative, crafting the story, getting people interested, and you know, somewhat like getting people to understand, recognize, and appreciate the greatness that is Nikola Jokic for the casual observer and for the sometime viewer of Nikola Jokic that doesn't quite get it. There are. 
certain words that you yep. can use that will trigger in the average person's mind that this is impressive. Uh-huh. Triple double is one of these words. I think like, the triple double thing, he won an MVP and it felt cool. And then he won a second one and we're like, oh my God. And now he might win a third. I think the triple double might be the next one of those. Where we're like, he could average a triple double yeah, like, next year. Averages a triple because double. Because the year yeah, after that, averages We're literally at the point where we have to legitimize his MVP. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, let's take a quick break. We have no one, break. No more, no more third break. All right. I do want to ask yeah. I do want to ask one quick question here instead of a four, a typical four segment. And that is I put these stats out the other day about Michael Porter Jr. and where he is uh all time in the Denver Nuggets list. I don't think he's gonna make it. I think he's really? 29 threes away this year from cracking the top 10 all-time three points made in, in, in Denver Nuggets franchise history. He's done it in record speed. I mean, nobody mm. has gotten to the top 10 as fast as he has. But to me, it's a big deal that he gets there. And if it, you know, who knows what happens in the offseason? I don't think he'll be traded, but you never know. It would be a shame for me for Michael Porter because when I think of the best three-point shooters in Denver Nuggets history, he's easily there. But he might it might be one. It's it might be number he one. Is, yeah. He is one. <laughs> so I want to see him get on there. And obviously, if he keeps playing for years and years, it'd be great. But do you guys think of Michael Porter at this very moment as an all-time Denver Nuggets player? You think you absolutely do for Jokic, and I think for Jamal, wherever you have him on there, he's somewhere. But is Michael Porter an all-time Nugget? No, he needs this playoff run. I think he needs to be healthy for it, have another moment. And I've detailed this. He actually does have a sneaky list of playoff moments already under his right. belt. But it's the consistency of he was there, he was healthy, he was a factor. But I think he has bought himself so much goodwill with the fandom. Right. It's actually one thing I think we would be amazed to track, just in terms of like the live chat feedback. Right. You know, the way he went from a red herring to a, uh, you know, a prize right for this fan base. I think he has a real chance to do that. But it's about being present for a playoff run, in the exact same way he's been present now. Be reliable. Be solid. Be that third best player, and these fans will will never, I mean, they'll never forget it. Uh, D-line? Agree. I mean, he's he is, if he stopped playing now, he would be, they'd be like, oh, yeah, God, that would, he was great. Like, what, that guy was, like, really interesting. Like, but he, I, 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 like, it's a little prisoner of the moment to say that he is an all-time nugget. Right. He, there are playoff implications. There's also just longevity and, they're just, you know, Michael Porter's time here has been so dotted by being here and out and here and out. And, like, this is the first season, I think. I mean, maybe there was another, but this is the first one that really feels like he has been making a real push and making a real impact, like, pretty much all season long. And, like, it really feels like the storyline isn't like, oh, man, he's not playing or, oh, man, like, there's, you know, he's having – He's saying weird things on the internet or (laughs) whatever. Like, this is just like basketball. This is just, I mean, Porter has just turned into like a very, very solid player. And, um, you know, like, like Vote says, he either comes through playoffs or longevity. And so, agreed. LaFonzo Ellis is an all time nugget. And I think they've played probably similar. Yeah, because he had uh, the playoffs. And he was, yeah, you're right. Playoff series, the face, this or that. I think Michael Porter is very close, and to me, I want him. I just like Michael Porter so much, but I do think that part of it is cracking into that list. I want him to be in the top ten, even though it'd be if he's there, he'd be the first one cut next time somebody comes around. But I hope we get him for multiple years. But I just think it would be cool to go into the playoffs with two guys in the top ten and your three, like your two of your yep. main shooters. I, we've talked a lot about what a chance Murray and Jokic have to go down in 
basketball history together right. and in Denver Nuggets history together. It'd be pretty cool if we're talking about all three of these dudes. That would be pretty cool. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Buff Show is up next. Hit that like button on the way out. And tomorrow, Nuggets Pelicans. Pelicans are in town. They're on a big win streak. They're hot. They're hot. So we'll be back at the pregame lounge ahead of that. We'll see you all then. Let's go.